You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you were to rank years, how would you rank 2021? Better than 2020? Better than all the years? Below all the other years? How would you rank rankings? How would you rank even ranking sites? Well, if you like to rank things, this is the episode for you. Welcome to Systematic Geekology, episode 28, the podcast episode where we are going to rank all things Marvel, or at least the movies and the TV shows. Uh, we're glad that you are with us uh, today and excited to talk about uh, 2021 Marvel. And yeah, it's a new year. Happy New Year, folks. Uh, we're glad that we're in 2022 and it's a chance to look back in 2021 and talk about the things we liked or didn't like or things we wish were better and then look forward to everything that's ahead of us in 2022, even those geeky things we love to geek out on. Uh, again, this is Systematic Geekology. We are priests to the geeks, not saying that we are necessarily all ordained, but rather we are these bridge builders and navigators and uh, people who like to share what we geek out on and then tie in those things that matter to us, like our faith and our relationships and how they intersect with all those things we geek out on. And we're glad that you're with us today. Uh, I am Will Rose. I am a parish pastor in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I run a God Loves Geeks book club, and man, I love all the things that are happening in the geek world these days, especially comic books and Book of Boba Fett, and was really happy that in 2021, we were able to get a lot of neat geeky things and a lot of TV shows and movies that uh, were a lot of fun and also challenged us and made us think. So, and I'm excited to talk about with my co-host today, how we rank those things in Marvel. Um, I am Joe. I am a broadcaster, podcaster, marketer, uh, missionary. Um, and I too am, uh, I'm just fascinated and a little stunned at the depth of riches as um geeks that we have to to be able to choose from and things like that like we live in a time before we get into the rankings and <laughs> before we get into all of you know what we liked and what we didn't like and all of those kinds of things i feel like we need to take a second to acknowledge the fact that there's just we are spoiled with all of the options that we have from all of our favorite um geek related ips that we can have a list of nine and that's pared down not including other marvel <laughs> adjacent projects we're just talking about the mcu direct uh movies and shows that we have nine to to rank and then that doesn't even include you know all of the other stuff the um star wars related stuff all of the comic related stuff all of that all of those kinds of things that man it's a good time to be a geek man you're absolutely right like we're not even talking about dc we're not even talking about anime we're not talking about games we're not talking about all the ip that dropped on all the streaming services they're just again there's just endless amount of, of shows and creative artistic licenses that are out there to geek out on. And, and man, what a great time to be a geek. And, and really systematic geekology is a place that, that we set as a vision, as a place where we can come together as people of faith 
to geek out together, have fun conversations, uh, to challenge one another, and to let these stories um, that we're so entangled with also uh, share with us or enlighten uh, aspects of faith, aspect of our relationships, aspects of uh, how we navigate the world and, and how we're challenged by them. And, and so, yeah, what a great time uh, to be a geek. We're, we're not only a podcast, but we're also an online community. We are on social media. We have a, a Facebook group. We're on Instagram. And there's a lot of fun memes and conversations and questions that are being asked out there. So we ask that uh, come be a part of those. Uh, join those groups. Um, enter into the conversation. If you hear something um, that you disagree with or that you you like, let us know. If there's a topic that uh, we're not addressing or or want to hear more of, then then let us know about that too. We're we're excited about this upcoming year and the possibility for our our community to grow in a relationship and to geek out with one another on all these things that are just so much fun. Yeah, I, you know, we talked about this a couple, at a couple of different points, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and, and the like that this, you know, for, for my money, I, you know, I've been in this whole broadcasting and podcasting game for a minute now, and I've never seen a community build and grow and engage as quickly as this one has. And so that is such an exciting prospect that we're not we're not even a year old we're not even you know mm. half a year old really and you look at um where we're at now the sky is the limit as far as how much this thing can grow and that's that's a thanks to you guys so happy new year and if you aren't already um you know really engage feel free to engage it's it's a community of people that are willing to hear the other perspectives or to engage and do so in a way that is um uplifting rather than tribalistic so exactly exactly that's our goal we don't we don't necessarily, uh, again, this isn't like a trap or some secret agenda. We just want to enter into some authentic relationships and, and share what, what we love and, and, sh- and want to grow in our faith with one another. And we do that in community and relationships. So uh, that being yeah. said, as we enter into these rankings, you know what? You may disagree with us. And in fact, I kind of hope you do. And, and uh, then let us know and how you would rank these uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies and and TV shows. And then who knows, we might have uh, a Patreon episode or maybe an online question about what about DC? What about anime? What about video games? Other rankings of this past year. Then, and then what you're most looking for uh, in this upcoming year in 2022. That being said, Joe, do you want to dive into your rankings? How, how do we want to do this? Share with the group how we're going to share our, our rankings. Yeah, so you know, I think I think for me a, a really good way to divide this is you know the bottom the bottom of the barrel for me, and then you know the like the bottom three, the middle three that were just fine, and then the top three that at any given time I could make a make an argument for. So I'll start off by giving nine through seven. Um, Josh, I'm sorry ahead of time. And I know that I'm that that some of you guys listening are, are might fall out of your chair and hearing what I have for number nine, but I gotta go with Falcon Falcon Winter Soldier. Um it's just not, you know, political political thrillers, 
those kinds of things, commentaries on the state of the world, all of that kind of stuff. Meh. You know what I mean? When it comes to comic book related stuff, and for all of those reasons, I'll be the first one to admit, you know, outside of not really be, being a much bigger DC fan than a Marvel fan, when it comes to what I am a fan of in Marvel, that whole subsection of Marvel to me, your Captain America's, your Miss Marvel's, your Captain Marvel's. Yeah, like the, those mm -hmm. th that even to an extent, Iron Man and stuff like that, like when it starts to when it starts to hedge more in that direction is where I just simply don't care. Like, I just don't need to be reminded that the world is a crappy place by way of my my comic book, which is going to be interesting when we get to the top three that that I, I think differently about a different IP. But yeah, so so that's number nine for me. Um just kind of boring. I understand it was somebody's you know, I know Josh was a big fan of that and I know that's <laughs> some people's flavor. Uh just not my deal. Um number eight, no big surprise, Eternals. Um you know I gotta give I gotta give Marvel credit here. This was probably their most experimental year that I can think of with the stuff that they put out. And and I do understand that there's a level when it comes to to the Eternals, people were like, you know, try something different, do something different. They did something different and it bombed. Mm. The problem is, is they tried to shove 10 pounds of bologna in a five pound sack. <laughs> it was just all over the place. And just to the point where like, I'm all for doing something different. But when it's to the point where you can't, you're not telling a cohesive story or have compelling characters, it's hard to rally behind it, regardless of whether or not it's a part of the formula or not. Um, and then rounding out my my bottom three at number seven, um, again, I know I'm gonna ruffle some feathers with this one, Shang Chi. Um, wow. Yeah, it was just kind of boring, predictable. And I was actually talking to um, I was actually talking to uh, Brandon about this. Um, I understand that the fight scenes are are bombastic in some ways, but being a martial artist. Uh, like it, it's so over the top and so not grounded that like to me, I, I really had a hard time. And then getting into that whole conversation of, of the cultural side of it, the fact that Disney needs to just stop putting out Oriental movies, hmm. like and as a general rule of thumb between this one, Milan, you know, they, they just need to stop at this point that it just was fine. It was, I, I think I think calling it inoffensive is a bridge too far, but I think that that it's it's very forgettable at best. And I, I just don't I almost wish that I could that I could have seen the, the lead actor in something different. Like mm. if like seeing him outside of that movie, almost like Andrew Garfield in No Way Home. You know what I mean? Like the actor transplanted out of the project, I feel like would probably do better than the project itself. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. There, that's what's fun about these rankings is that uh, we can have some differences. And what I love about going to my local 
comic book store and and asking folks around me who are picking up their comics what they thought of this particular comic or this particular movie. Uh, there are agreements and then there are disagreements. And then, man, we can ask each other questions of why we think or feel that way. Just, you know, just like in the church or in communities, people have different gifts and opinions. And I, and I love it when we come together and talk these things. So mine are a little different. Um, I will say my, my three, nine to nine to seven, um, my number nine is Eternals. And uh, the reason it's at the bottom. Like, look, I'm in for all this stuff. I'm going to go see all of it. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to go in with an open mind. But for me, I, I agree, uh, Joe, that that it was the most ambitious and they try to do a lot and they almost tried to do too much in one movie. And I know they wanted to kick off a whole big phase and a whole new team and and uh, push in as much as you can. But but they kind of lost me along the way. There are also characters that I didn't that didn't care about or didn't grow up with. It was kind of a deep cut. Uh, but unlike the deep cut of like say something like Guardians of the Galaxy that made me over the course of that movie fall in love with those characters, um, Eternals didn't do that for me. So um, although you know it was going to come on Disney Plus pretty soon and I can rewatch it and some of the themes and the big question that they asked. In that movie, I think are really important for our society and even for those uh, people of faith and within the Christian community. Um, but it's it's there. It's at number nine. Uh, number eight for me is Black Widow uh, because I think it was a for me it was a little too late. Like I would have liked to see that movie earlier. To go back after she'd already died or been removed or after Endgame, it seemed a little anticlimactic. I like filling the stories. I like her character. I liked her relationship with her parents and her sister. Uh, and, and again, those relationships will, will have an effect um, and be important for future shows that we'll talk about in future movies. And I, I look forward to seeing what they're doing. But if you're going to rank these, for me, uh, that movie fell on number eight because it was just kind of meh. You know, okay, that was fun, uh, but I don't necessarily have to go back and watch that one again. Uh, for me, number seven, this might be my controversial pick, is What If, uh, the cartoon animated series on Disney+. Plus. For me, the first couple of episodes were a little boring, or maybe it was just the mood I was in. I didn't, I mean, it was fun. I love a great What If story. I love when they do that in the comic books, when they do an alternate universe or a different take on a character. Um, I would love to see uh, the story of Will Rose if he grew up in the mountains rather than if he grew up at the beach, what kind of personality that dude would have. But uh, but otherwise, I, I didn't quite see or didn't kind of hook me at the beginning. Um, eventually, when I kind of got into the middle and towards the end of it, I did see the grand picture of what they're trying to do. And I thought it was really cool how they tied it all together at the very end and how it could even have implications for the Doctor Strange movie coming up. Um, and this whole kind of multiverse uh, genre or theme that they're leaning into these days. But for me, what if was number seven, but if I went back and rewatched it and I got around people who were really stoked on it, maybe you could talk me into moving it a little higher on the list. I, uh, yeah, I struggled with, with what if, because, and, and we'll get into it, but uh, <laughs> I was very much, um, influenced by the Doctor Strange um, trailer at the end of No Way Home. Yeah. Um, cracking into uh, my my middle of the road ones. 
these ones for all for me were just they were better than they were better than the bottom three but still just kind of middling i guess in a lot of respects um number six is black widow i'll say all uh you know an echo for a lot of the things that you said i you know it was it was a fine movie plus or minus the guy from stranger things which i'm not really a fan of him of him as an actor to begin with so it is what it is um and that russian accent is enough to get it to number nine if we were including that but um (laughs) you know that to me like you said it was a movie that was just light it just came at a point where it was almost anticlimactic in certain regards and i get what they did as far as using it as a launching pad to develop the Hmm. new uh, Black Widow. But having it 10 years ago when Black Widow was one of the biggest parts of the MCU, I just feel like would have been able to tell a story that required less retcons than this one required this one required you to shut off your comic book big brain Mm. and just watch the movie and the problem for me is when you do that then the requirement especially if you are if you are playing with pieces from such a, a a story rich um ip source that you need you need to tell that story. You need to tell something compelling enough that allows for for somebody to just shut their brain off and just watch the movie. Mm. And they failed at that, in my opinion. Um, it, it, so you know, it, it was it was interesting to see that you know some of the Black Widow program flushed out a bit, things like that. But ultimately, I just yeah. 10 years too late, I think in, in a lot of regards, you know, um, next for me is, uh, Loki. Um, Loki, I feel like I felt about Loki, how a lot of people felt about WandaVision. Um, it just Mm. was flat. Like it just, especially the end when you saw the best case scenario Krang and or Kang and they just, you know what I mean? Like the (laughs) female Loki, there was just a lot of different ways that that could have been done that just, I, I, I feel like they, they forgot about the character beats in order to tell a flashy story. And to me, this was not anybody's Loki, not just the, I understand that it was a pre going through all of the stuff that he went through Loki. But to me, that wasn't even that, that wasn't even that Loki. That was just this different Loki that was completely and totally different. And if I'm being honest, had way too much hand to hand combat. Loki is not a character that does hand to hand combat in that kind of way. Just, too much you know what i mean um so so to me you know i i know it feels like it feels like there's a lot of negativity with these initial picks but this is this was an example of marvel figuring out the training wheels when it comes to how to do something 
episodically in right. that in that kind of mm-hmm. way. And and so I got to give them credit that they had multiversal level implications, but it it, it didn't like the the implications that it did have were just um not i don't know just kind of kind of sterile just kind of you know they they wrote it you know here's all of the compelling reasons uh but we're still going to do this other thing we're still going to you know because it advances the storyline i don't know when you do that and and you you are so outside of the realm of of actually telling the story with the proper characters that it just kind of loses something to me you know what i mean um then rounding out this this last one is what if um what if was originally further back on my on my list and i grew up on what if comics i grew up on the old school you know what it one of the first um one of the first comics that i read was what if the fantastic four got different powers and (laughs) yeah and so to me i was super excited about it and at first it was just fine like you know it it was it was a lot to chew on then the dr strange trailer uh came out and Mm -hmm. I, i have to check myself because if they don't end up going this way then you know i i could be setting myself up for you know is it mephisto is it mephisto this time (laughs) how about this time um you know it could that kind of situation but with the implication very heavily being that evil dr strange from what if is the antagonist for the multiverse of madness I think that and, and going back and rewatching, like I think was was probably a very good bet because it's so against the grain for a lot of what they do that it's almost jarring in certain regards. Um, so so going back and rewatching it again, being able to appreciate how different it is in its implication, I thought was I thought was raised a lot of the the stake for me for it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I love those comic books too. And again, you know, uh, I think the, what if maybe it was the kind of the pacing or the animation or something was just harder for me to get into at first, but yeah, those to be able to think about those questions of what if uh, somehow stretches the imagination and challenge you to look at things that from different angles, I think is very helpful uh, that can be for, for our lives and our vocation and, and how we see the universe and, um, even our faith. So I, I, I appreciate what they did there and, and the end when they all tied it together. And then now they're going to tie it into a big movie. I, I agree. Uh, a rewatch for me would, would probably help. Um, and again, I love all these. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're being a little negative for these. We're just trying to justify where we're putting them on the list, but, but yeah, it's Marvel. I have fun with all of it and, uh, I'm, I'm here for all of it. All right. For my, um, six, three, four, I'm actually going to cheat a little bit and say Hawkeye and Winter uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier are both 5.5. They tie for me, and they could flop either one because I, I really do like these shows. They didn't have the weight of the whole uh, Marvel universe. I, I Hawkeye was basically a jaded old hero who was forced to hang out with an, uh, a younger, optimistic, idealistic person who wanted to be a hero. And that that relationship of someone who's been there done that and it's hard to try to share 
with someone younger, do you really know what you're getting into? And somebody's younger going, do you know how much you mean to folks? That conversation interplay along with the action and the, and the humor and the trick shots uh, was a lot of fun for me. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, I love both those characters a lot. And I do, I do like their conversation, uh, the well-needed conversation about race and racism in America and how we see our heroes and how we put them on, on a pedestal and where's our trust in terms of institutions and governments, I think is, um, those questions aren't going anywhere and Marvel did their best to try to enter into the conversation with this TV show where they pulled it off a hundred percent or not. Um, I admire them trying and, and, and hope they'll continue to have those conversations um, as I seek to have those conversations within my own faith community and, and relationships. So both those get 5.5, but again, on any given day, they could go up or, or, or below for me. Number four is WandaVision. I loved WandaVision. I um, I really wrestled with whether it should be number three or number two, just because it was the first show that the Marvel episodic TV show on Disney Plus, and man, they really had us. We were like, what is going on here? What are they doing with us? And how they told the story and kind of, um, I guess... <sighs> You know, they kind of knocked us off kind of the the normal train. It was like, what is what is going on here? Is this a TV show? Is this how meta is this going to go? Is there a multiverse? Yeah, are they going to introduce the Uncanny X Men through this? Is Magneto going to show up? Is Mephisto going to show up? All those things. We wrapped a bunch of baggage when it came to this TV show. What I loved is storytelling and how it really dealt with grief uh, and trauma. And uh, as I have these conversations with my own congregation in terms of grief and trauma, whether it's the loss of a relationship, uh, the death of a loved one, uh, the change of a vocation, um, or really how we lost year 2020 and how we're still grappling with a global pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of grief in there, a lot of trauma. And how do we deal with our grief? What are the stages of grief? And and I think that that line, um, what is gr- what is love if not uh grief persisting or something like that, you know, or, or the grief is what really measures. It means you really love somebody and it means they matter. So, so you're feeling pain, you're feeling sorrow from something you lost. Well, that guess what? That means you really, truly loved. Um, So I thought those were great questions. And, and that show is at number four, which again, it could go up and down depending on given week and whether I rewatch or not, what kind of mood I'm in. But there you go. That's mine. So that's very much how I feel with with one through three, um, that these are all if you ask me at a different time, I feel like I could make an make a case for any one of these being um, number one. Um, but I, as stands right now, I have to put Hawkeye at number three. And I even okay. struggle with cool. that because I feel like I need to I, I need to. um put that and WandaVision as, as tied. And honestly, I think within the biggest reasons why I didn't, why I wouldn't put um, Hawkeye above WandaVision is the character of Kate Bishop. I don't, I do not resonate with the the plucky (laughs) young person who Mm -hmm. as I, I get it, comic book accurate. I understand all of the positives, but again, my flavor for that character when when it's banter for banter's sake, 
um, you start to lose me a bit, you know, in the scenes where mm-hmm. Hawkeye can't hear her and she just keeps going for the audience's sake. Meh. You know what I mean? <laughs> but Jeremy Renner's performance is show stealing in that. Like mm. he has been the heartbeat of the MCU in such a major way that having a chance to see him be a dad was really, really cool. And I think I agree. really yeah. presented in a very solid way. And then when you get on top or then, then on top of it, when you add in all of the, um, you know, the universe building implications, the guest stars, all of that kind of stuff. I thought everything was shot very well. Um, and I think that they were willing, you know, they, they definitely made some miscues as far as how they, they depicted um, sign language and proper etiquette and mm. all of those kinds of things. But the fact right. that they were willing to do that and willing to showcase that I thought was really cool. And introducing um, some new characters. Like, you know, I'm always, yeah. I, Marvel has so many cool characters out there and they're not all, uh, all a list B list. There's some great, uh, those on the lower totem pole that are, they're super fun. So, so echo and others that they introduced, I, I think was, was fun. And then drawing in Kingpin, um, was fun too. So yeah, it has some surprises for sure. Yeah. And I thought he was shot. If you notice in those, sh- in those shots, he shot big. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he shot in a way that makes it look larger than life in a very grounded setting. And I thought that that was really cool to yeah. see, especially for people of my generation that grew up with um, 90s Spider-Man Kingpin. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, my daughters were like, they they only know him through Into the Spider-Verse. So when he came mm-hmm. on uh, Hawkeye, they were like, Oh, that's that guy from Into the Spirus. They need to watch Dar- Daredevil. They're like, oh, look, wow, he he is big. He's not as big as he was in that cartoon, but I see what they're trying to do there. So they immediately right. knew who he was through that. Yep. Yep. All um, right. Drum roll. So number, one. <laughs> so number two, I've got to give it to WandaVision. Um yes. And it took it took a mighty IP to dethrone this from one because this this I I was convinced until seeing No Way Home was going to be my number one and I number two and number one for me both have a similar theme. It's that I shut off a lot of the noise and discourse as far as it goes. I think that um, we as especially comic book fans um, can get a little entitled sometimes Mm -hmm. as far as wanting everything and wanting them to give us you know it's all fun and games to speculate but once you expect then you've crossed the line into you're taking away from the overall enjoyment of what you are seeing and for somebody like me that has gone through um more more grief and loss and stuff like that than I ever care to actually uh, conversate about. Mm. It addresses those things in a way that dares to ask the question. And that's, that's a thing for me that really resonates because I, as a Christian, especially being um, a, a, a younger Christian in, in regards to how long, how much time spent in the faith, I 
have a tendency to make other Christians uncomfortable sometimes because <laughs> I am willing to ask questions that reach into the fact that, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you do lose. Sometimes the healing doesn't come. Sometimes the prayer isn't answered in the way that you think it should be answered. And how do we reconcile that? How do we reconcile the fact that we are not granted safe passage? I think sometimes we get it skewed that as Christians, we're expect, we expect safe passage and mm. we just don't get that. And so to be able to see something where it's okay, you know, I am very much the type of person that this is the, this is the um, uh, struggling with nihilism side of my brain that I'm, I really fundamentally do believe in the, all it takes is one bad day sort right. of, sort of mentality that the difference between the hero and the villain is one bad day. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when somebody is pushed beyond their breaking point, we need to be willing to have conversations about what that looks like. And somebody who is struggling with grief and loss and mental health and all of those kinds of things. And I think for me, when you're talking about it being depicted in a comic book IP, in a TV show, that kind of thing, I'm not sure you get better than how that was portrayed. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I, I will say that, yeah, WandaVision was a masterclass in in understanding grief and trauma and, and how we react to those things. And 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 it came at a time, not only kind of post-in-game, because everybody's thinking of those kind of things that have happened, but we're we're talking about a world who is dealing with a lot of grief, uh, collective grief, when it comes to to the pandemic and, and other things. And so... Um, it was just a masterclass and I think it was perfect. And it was a great jumping on point and a non-threatening way to bring that up with others. You know, I see grief and loss all the time in my vocation as a pastor uh, in all kinds of different stages of people's lives and faith and life stages. And, and to have WandaVision be kind of a non-threatening way to kind of talk about these things with folks and nerds and geeks uh, was, was fantastic. And, and I just want to say, I also butchered that quote. It's um, it is what, is grief, if not love, persevering? That's the right quote for WandaVision. And man, that hit hard. All the memes popped up when that was said, and um, and people took a lot of resonance with that and and carried it with it. And it helped a lot of people. So uh, it, part of part of our job as people of faith is like, yeah, Marvel got it right there. But there's also a whole community that deals with that too. And there's a uh, not the Christian faith isn't just Easter. Uh, there's Good Friday too, and there's uh, a story that deals with grief and loss and death and it doesn't wash it over or make it um, just, just kind of uh sugarcoat it. It, it. There's real grief and death within this faith as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and number one, I have to give it to no way home. It just mm -hmm. was everything that, that you would want in that kind of movie like there are they have its problems and and you know go back to the episode where um you know where, where we talk about the we were josh dan and i reviewed that to get more in-depth um, right. thoughts on everything you know yes it had its problems but you know i grew up watching 
Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. And the thing to remember about that is there was no blueprint. There was no MCU to draw it from. There was the X-Men. That's what you had. That was the (laughs) only, the original X-Men was what you had as far as a blueprint for this kind of thing. And so it did what it did. And, and, And was all of it great? No. But Sam Raimi, I think, made a very compelling set of movies, especially when you consider the entirety of it. Um, And they gave Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man a redemption arc. You know what I mean? Like, yes, he Mm -hmm. was the darkest one because nobody else was before him. We didn't have the mouse controlling everything back then. So it got (laughs) darker and things like that. And I thought that they had every opportunity to make um, to to make the current Spider-Man, the give him the moral high ground. And the fact that they made him relatable and broke it down and and broke him down you know yeah i didn't like i said i didn't necessarily agree with aunt may dying and all of that kind of stuff i didn't think it was earned or anything like that but at the end of the day it it was a love letter to the people that have been watching comic Mm. book movies You know what I mean? And, you know, yes, Spider-Man fans as well. But speaking more of I've always been kind of a periphery Spider-Man fan, like not necessarily. It was never really like my guy in in the same way that he was for some of the other some of our other hosts. But ultimately, like I, I have grown up watching all of the the comic book movies and that to me, it was a love letter there for sure. Nice. Nice. And yeah, Joe and I, you and, you and I, our rankings have been all over the place. We, we, we have totally different rankings except for this one. Uh, so, so we both agree who's number one in our book and, and these are, I guess, I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, so for me, number three is, is Loki and, and that is, it's hard. Uh, you could talk me into WandaVision going above Loki, but I like Loki because that was uh, something I mean, I was looking forward to seeing WandaVision every week, too, and I couldn't wait for the next one to see what they would do next. But Loki was really over the summer. So there's like, I can't wait to see where they go with this multiverse thing. I really like Loki as a character. I like what they're doing with this. It really challenged me on the questions of, of, of identity and the choices we make. And what are the ultimate versions of myself out there if I made different choices of certain relationships or jobs or where I grew up or uh, who my parents were or not, and what would my context be or who I would be with this in certain contexts. So it really helped me think of 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 those dynamics. So so I really loved of love Loki. So that was number three for me. Number two, um, I put Shang Chi because it's a character like what Eternals did. It, it showed me characters that I didn't really know about and I was ready to care about, but I didn't by the end of that movie. Shang-Chi is a character I did not grow up on, didn't care a lot about, but by the end of that movie, I really care a lot about and couldn't wait to see him in future movies. And I think the first two acts of that movie were very refreshing. It was something different. Yes, it was an origin story. There's a certain beat. There's a certain tone that I really, really loved. Um, when it got to the third act of the big space battle with the big dragons and everything going on, I was like, okay, here we go again. They have to stop a threat that's going to end the world. I thought it was very formulatic form. It was this, the Marvel formula of, of here comes the big battle. We have to stop it to save the world. 
that didn't interest me enough as much as his relationships and his origin story and the tone for the first two acts. But I, I, I really like Shang-Chi and, and, and that's the movie I've gone back and watched again. Other, the others I haven't gone back to watch. Shang-Chi I've gone back uh, to watch again. So that's number two for me. And number one, No Way Home. I think they nailed it. It was the end game of the Spider-Man movies, a decade of Spider-Man movies. They've all brought together in one big final movie. Um, I thought the, theology of trinitarian philosophy of relationships and the impact of of what a single person and three characters could be building off one another was was so good and so well done and, it, and not only is my church name holy trinity or or i think that the christian faith is rooted in this trinitarian theology of father son holy spirit um i think you can make the case that here are these three Spider-Men building off one another and their relationships and the impact they have learning and growing and from one another uh, was, was very good. And um, it dealt with uh, justice, uh, restorative justice. It dealt with uh, death penalty versus uh, can we help others uh, move in a different direction rather than just kind of swiping them away or killing them off. I, was it perfect? no. Um, was there some aspect of like, yeah, we're not meant to fix people uh, just with a magic wand or a magic formula we stab into their neck. But but it did help us ask some questions about um, fate, destiny, free choice, uh, not necessarily counting people off the, the, the weight of second chances and grace, I think, uh, were a big part of that movie. So, so no, way, no Way Home is is up there for me and it's not only one i want to see again but i might even go back into the movie theater and, and watch again with my family yeah that is i think one of the one of the reasons why um it was so impactful was the was the theater experience like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My, my theater lost their minds when yep. the, all of the spider-men came and you know what i mean like again perfect movie mm-hmm. no but you you still for somebody like me where hope is currency and mm-hmm. grace is king like mm-hmm. i i get those things like i yeah. i the amazing grace is still one of my favorite songs for a reason so like to to see that hope enacted in that kind of way i thought was a really really beautiful thing um you know and and definitely definitely way more hits than misses for sure yeah, I think you're right. That communal experience, boy, we've been longing for communal experience uh, in the midst of social distancing and and being weary um, of, of gathering together in big groups, watching it in a theater and hearing reactions and having this kind of collective communal experience really added added to to this movie. And yeah, my my theater lost its minds too, and and we loved it. I mean, even when. Electro like acknowledged. Maybe there's a black Spider-Man out there somewhere. My girls looked at me because they want to see Miles Morales at in a movie at some point, a live action, and they can't wait. And they were hoping he'd show up in this movie, but he didn't. But just the fact that he just tipped his hat to it just a little bit, they were super stoked on that. So um yeah. super fun. Um yeah, so there you go. Those are our rankings. And um you you most likely will agree with some of us and with some of those and disagree with a lot of them and if that's the case man hit us up let us know we love to know what your rankings are and why 
Um, and Joe spoke of, of grace. Um, hope is currency and grace is king. Uh, man, that's a quote. That's a good tattoo or a T-shirt that we can make. Maybe that's our systematic ecology T-shirt that we uh, that we make next. Uh, hope is currency, grace is king. And yeah, end of the year rankings are are fun. Uh, resolutions are are great to kind of tackle to help refocus and set some goals. But uh, we believe that God doesn't necessarily play those games with us. God doesn't go into the game of of ranking us of worst to last or last to first. Jesus actually spoke differently. He said the last will be first and the first will be last. Um, but for our Bible verse today, we thought we share is Revelation 1.8, where it says in that uh, apocalyptic prophetic book, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord. God who is and was and who is to come. That in God, there are no rankings. God is the first and the last, the beginning and the end, and we're there in the midst of it. And we're not put to the test. Uh, we don't have to earn it. It's all about grace. And um, that's what we're going to lean into as we head into this new year. Yeah, it's, you know, around this time of year, it's always, you know, people get contemplative about, you know, the the year prior and what is your word for this year and what is, you know, what are you trying, what are your goals and all of this kind of stuff, a new year, new me and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's so wonderful that the God of the universe is not beholden to this ridiculous need to you know um it's january 1 the magical ch changing of the calendar and so we need to make this mystical thing out of it and have our laundry list of resolutions that we're not going to stick to anyway and mm -hmm. all of those kinds of things that we you know especially now but you know when you look at the realities of the world we it it's now more than ever important to realize that there is no favoritism with God. There is no holy elect with God. It just, we, we, he loves because he is love, not because of, not because of anything that you did to earn it. And we don't have to deal with a pantheon of, of gods and rankings and all of those kind of stuff or gods that view us in a way that are, you know, that, that, that force us to perform. And for those that don't perform, you know, go down on the ranking that it, God's, God's love is universal and eternal. Yeah, like a lot of these movies that we just ranked leaned really hard into the impact and the importance of, of relationships. And, and that's really where transformation happens. And so I don't I, I fully believe that um, faith and the journey of faith, God's love towards us isn't based on some quiz or test or uh, some some spiritual jumping jacks that we have to do to get God's attention. But rather it's rooted in in grace It's rooted in a relationship already begun with God. And, and so then that translates in how we navigate the relationships entrusted to us in our daily lives, whether it's those in our systematic ecology group or my family or my congregation or those I work with. Um, we all impact are entangled with, a, with one another. And so how do we live that with and for one another moving forward into uh, a new year, into our lives? And yeah, the past makes uh, a big difference as we know in some of these movies, but but there's also a present and there's also a future that God leads us into um, leading us along the way. 
Definitely. Well, thanks. Thanks, y'all. We appreciate it. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, we do have a website that we invite you to go to navigate. Hit us up. Send us a message. What do you want to hear in the new year? What are some things and topics that you would like to see us address and, and talk about? Um, join our groups. We have a Patreon page as well. Uh, we invite you to join there. There's going to be some extra content. And then uh, you supporting us on that will help us keep this ball uh, rolling and growing and expanding as we seek to grow our community and grow in our relationships and grow in our faith within all these fun things that we keep going on. All right. Well, remember, we are a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.